Welcome to the NR Experience, a podcast wherein we talk about anything and everything in our experience. experience. My name is Nathania. And I'm Regis. On this episode, we wrap up the year that was and look back at the trends, the highs, and lows of 2023. From quiet luxury to de-influencing and the conversations around AI, we look forward to what 2024 has in store for us. We're finally here at the end of 2023. You know, it's been a long and tough and difficult and painful year. Honestly, very long year. I guess this is why I'm at a loss for words, even trying to summarize or wrap up the year that was for... Loss for words and then we speak for 30, 40 minutes. (laughs) For both of us. But I, I guess then I'd like to ask you and begin you first. How was 2023 like for you and if you can sum it up in just a few words Mm -hmm. 2023 was year of the what oh i think for me because if, if you remember how bad and how rough 2022 was for me um i think this year you know how there's a saying there are some years that ask and some years that answer. Mm-hmm. I feel like th- this year was definitely a year of answers for me. Okay. When it comes to things finally sort of ending, like very having a very clear sense of closure, a sense of growth, a sense of like what's next for me. Yeah. And especially like change because, markers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's very very clearly defined for me, especially since I know we spoke last week about me turning this this being the year of thirty. I think this year, especially with a PhD, settling in life here. It's a year of, uh, of of questions finally answered. And okay. whatever those questions are, you know, I don't want to get too in-depth with them or too philosophical. But I don't know. I feel like I'm ready for what's next. That's how it feels like this year for me. The, that's great because I think uh, conversely, from my end, it was the 2023 year of asks. <laughs> so <laughs> there were many, yeah. many questions, uh, many curveballs that life threw at me um and maybe that's why i find this year a little little bit hazy too because i just wanted to stay above water Mm -hmm. um but if there's one thing that i've loved then it's you know all of this learning and internal uh thinking that happened with me because this was a year of a lot of new challenges and Mm -hmm. i was saying this to you i felt like this was an adult year where i felt there was an expectation to have my training wheels off um kind of in a sense that people uh just like you who you feel that you know you've kind of settled and you've learned your way to navigate i do feel like there was a little bit of an expectation from me because i've been staying uh, away for a longer period of time so that that was definitely challenging, but uh, rewarding. I'm I'm looking forward to the next year. Yeah. Yeah. On on a lighter note, let let's talk about now things we love from mm-hmm. 2023, right? Like I think two of us as two people that are like chronically online, we have our pulse on some trends. You know, mm-hmm. you work somewhat within that business space of understanding yeah. consumers and so on, but. What were the big moments, I don't know, pop culture, mass media, things mm-hmm. that we consumed and we loved this year? I mean, I think the biggest really was uh, pop culture would be Barbie and Oppenheimer. I think it was... Yeah, definitely. It was really, that was that year. It was, this was a conversation that lasted months. Um, Taylor and Beyonce, of course, yeah. have also been in the 
uh, cultural zeitgeist for almost the entire year, the entire year mm-hmm. actually. I think that speaks to this year people wanting to have fun mm-hmm. because what was so I guess as a phenomenon of those things that you mentioned is people show up in costume, people show up and spend, and you know they're willing to make because it's not new to go to a concert, yeah. right? But this year it was a go a year of going to concerts and like fully committing to the bit. Yeah. You know that you're bringing yourself, you you're with your all your friends, you take these photos. You I think people are more willing this year to lean into a theme. Yeah. So there were more theme parties. Year, year of the activities. Uh, partly maybe because of COVID and yeah. you know just being able to go out and do this thing yeah. again and yeah fully commit to something yeah. is uh, what we all missed probably during that time period. Yeah. I mean it was a fun way to spend. You know, people are saying now in thrift shops they're seeing so many glitter and uh sequins and silver things mm-hmm. because of these concerts yes. that people are done with them they end up you know in in the thrift store because of people bought these items they're willing on to go to the next thing so mm-hmm. i feel like it's so interesting now that we have these artifacts from that moment this year yeah did, did you watch um barbie and oppenheimer so i i didn't watch oppenheimer in the cinemas yeah because so I, where did you no, watch it? No, I, <laughs> no, I wanted to be yeah. initially. I wanted to be the cinema fan, and I I told you about this. We I tried. Think I even tried to tell you the the closest place to both of us that screened Oppenheimer the way it was supposed to be shown by Christopher Nolan was a cinema in Prague. Oh yeah. Um yeah. and. I, I think I got stuck in that idea where if you can't watch it the way the director in ideal conditions intended, you know then what, don't watch what's it. What's going to end up happening is I'm going to watch it on a plane probably. <laughs> what happened to me was I watched it on my laptop. Exactly. So it, it didn't work out. Barbie, I watched in the... Uh, in the theater. And same, same. It, and did it, you, you dress up? Did you dress up in pink? For I it? didn't dress up. It was visually exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because the movie shot up so much, I was expecting a little bit more from the social ca- commentary. Mm-hmm. But all in all, it was a fun movie and it, yeah. it was good. It was cute. Yeah. I know people though who bought Barbie dolls. I mean, yeah. It it really increased the consumption of uh, all things pink, definitely. Yeah. I'm. For me all as well, like I did watch Barbie. It was fun. It was more of like because everyone was doing it, I kinda wanted to do Wait, it. Wait, question. Yeah. Did it feel like a return to childhood when the Barbie thing came Ooh. out? Because some people yeah. felt like their return to childhood. I, Others not so much I, because they were not that kind of No, girl. no, that's a good point. Are you I, a Barbie girl? I, I know. Um I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but did I tell you that when I was a kid and I had Barbies, but my mom didn't allow us to take it out of the box? Oh, <laughs> so it was like kind of more collector's of a collector's item. Like my yeah. mom always believed that everything could be a collector's item, and therefore, okay. my Barbies were in the box. So your Barbies like lived three. miserable lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were never played okay. with, and that could could kind of be a metaphor yeah, for how yeah, things kind of, are. Yeah. That I never played with Barbies. I mean, I had. Maybe I had a Bratz doll that I think I did enjoy, yeah. but... But was there never... a strong desire to play with it? Because something that I learned from the film that I saw also in my childhood as, you know, a cousin of girls and yeah. sibling to many girls was... It was funny that even I understood the context of the Barbie 
that was kind of played with too much that it's no longer yeah, a part yeah, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. main rotation. That's com that's completely my an opposite experience okay. for me. Like I never ran down. Your Barbies the pri were pristine. The, yeah, I, I didn't play, and I think for me, I guess it was weird. Like mm -hmm. I feel like. I never was into dolls. I think I found dolls creepy. And even a, a Barbie was too girly for mm -hmm. me. And I think that's why... And, and we will talk about this for another discussion, you know, in a future episode about femininity. Mm -hmm. I think that has been for me. I wasn't a girly girl growing up. But now I kind of This am. year became kind of an exploration yeah, also. Yeah, it was. For it, exactly. So for me, it's something I, I definitely um, enjoyed more. Mm -hmm. um, what about, like, other things did you, you love from this year? Mm, I love Succession. <laughs> Girl, same. Yeah, like, well, it's the best. Uh, I, I would say best. also White Lotus was a lot funner because of Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. That was really good. That was a fun uh, part. I think with Succession ending this year, I mean, I, I don't know how many of your friends watched it because I had discussion groups all the time, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we would talk and we would do our episode yeah. analysis afterwards. But what was so fun about Succession was, I guess, that dark humor of the characters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know, are you more a Kendall Roy girl or are you a Shiv Roy or like a uh, Tom and Greg kind of team? I'm, I'm partial to Shiv because she is infantilized in the family. Yeah. And I, I guess I can draw some similarities to that somehow. So I always rooted for her. Even until the very end, even though we would have discussions that mm, business acumen-wise, that yeah. was not the right thing. Yeah. It's so she foolish of her. She couldn't girl boss her way to the top. I mean, we could talk about mm -hmm. semi-spoilers right now, right? But for me, I was such a Kendall Roy baby girl. Okay. Like I felt like I had such a heart for him. You know, he was so kawawa. Yeah. <laughs> like, poor thing kind of vibe um, going on. And I don't know, like I was so sympathetic. I, to his struggle. I think I couldn't see past through the siblings in their order of birth. Yeah. And how their parents also treated them. So I couldn't... I understand that all of them had some sort of pain and, you know, the pining of a, for attention of their father. But I just simply could not um, feel bad for his situation given that I think all throughout the show there were more opportunities for him to be able yeah. to showcase... Um, that he was the worthy yeah. anointed person, right? No, I mean, again, I think that was such a bright spot yeah. of 2023. And I, aside from White Lotus, these were two great shows. I think it was just so fun. And because of Succession, there also became suddenly this conversation on the quiet luxury trend. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean... Again, you you would send me links of succession fashion. Yes, like of what were the tag what bags? What they were wearing. What was the quote of um Greg? No, no, of of Tom with the Burberry bag. Yeah, the, I remember there was this offhand comment about you don't attend some society function. Yeah. In a like you would not be caught dead wearing a bag like yeah, that. Yeah, that that. That, um, what is it, a lunch yeah. pail? Is she gonna put her subway shoes in that bag? And the, that the was such The interesting funny. thing about that conversation was, so there were many people buying into the quiet luxury trend and also agreeing to the idea that truly wealthy people do not uh, conceal and they do not, you know, show up in your face. But there was also another discussion point with that same topic where people are saying the fact that, uh... 
Greg, for example, uh, the, the fact that Greg and Tom were aware of these nuances just spoke truth to the fact that they were also trying to portray themselves exactly. as such. So quiet luxury isn't about you don't care. Yeah. But it's about you're so hyper-attuned. Caring about the nuance to yeah. get uh, whatever form of attention yeah. or, you know, positive uh, outcome that would come out from because dressing up as such. I think that's something I also picked up this year. The more if you know, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you know something is of quality, there's this... TikTok now that can you spot the expensive outfit? Yeah. And people are like, oh, that's so easy. You can see the quality right away. But, but you can't. But, yeah. And, and yeah. again, so many manufacturers now are making it that it looks great on the first wear. Mm-hmm. It looks great on social media, but not after. I yeah, mean, it, looks great. it looks great from photos on e-commerce. And something that I learned uh, this year also, but I haven't gotten the chance to practice really is there is also this big push to visit the stores, the brick-and-mortar stores more yeah. often because that then is the only time you will truly yeah. be able to determine whether an item is of quality yeah. or not. But uh, I feel like the whole uh, value proposition of e-commerce being easy to do is something that I'm still buying, unfortunately. Yeah, Because yeah. Yeah. you really have to take an effort yeah. right, to look at these clothes and... You know. So speaking now of quiet luxury and again, the whole idea of what to buy, what not to buy. I think what's so interesting is this year was also the year of de-influencing. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten those, you know, influencers that tell you stop buying Zara or stop buying this, this perfume that doesn't really smell great or this thing is overrated, overhyped? Mm-hmm. I think now we're seeing people weigh in on saying this is not worth your money. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that kind of de-influencing thing going on. I think it's great because now there's a push for people to become more mindful consumers. I think that's the core of it, right? It's teaching people um, how to be more mindful about uh, their choices. But I've also seen uh, similarly that the trend of de-influencing has also felt more of a redirection um, to change certain behaviors. So like to buy this instead of that. Yeah, so okay. I feel like sometimes there are levels. So I think in in the future, in 2024, people should also remain mindful still yeah. about the types of creators that they listen to or that they follow because they could be a wolf in sheep's clothing, Yeah, right? that ultimately they're selling you this other yes, thing and they have that intention. I A little bit controversial, but I have followed some creators who do kind of this de-influencing thing but then you do find out that they have their own business also yeah. or maybe they work with certain brands yeah, and that true. kind of thing maybe just doesn't sit right with me. I mean, I'm happy that there's more of a conversation than the color is yeah. cute and everybody will love you if you have it. <laughs> but there should be a bit more transparency about yeah. where you're coming from and what you're promoting instead. Also, yes. Because I- there's just so much uh, creator content out there and I feel like that's that has become the... Yeah. Um, I would say the Waterloo also of the influencer industry is uh, an algorithm can determine your success. Um, And sometimes you can just run along with it and do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing with obviously talking about products online. And this is something I feel guilty sometimes that I post my favorite, you know, Mm -hmm. new makeup, my new favorite scented candle, whatever. Sometimes I give myself the ick 
Because I'm like, why am why? I simping for a brand? Like, why am I acting like a walking billboard from them? Mm-hmm. Why am I giving them the free promo? On one hand, I I do like like certain products. I think they're worth the money. But at the same time, I'm like, why am I advertising it to my friend? <laughs> This feels weird. Like yeah. I don't know. I'm not being paid enough to do that. Yeah. Like it's. It gives me the ick because why am I now like a, I don't know a foot soldier of capitalism? Yeah. I, I don't. I think though it it makes people feel that way sometimes because the medium um, in which you do that yeah. is now online. So there's a thing right called yeah. e uh, e word of mouth. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's so different than. Having lunch with your friends and telling them that you like this new bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's When quite similar. The, you, yeah. the difference, I guess, is that there's a content. There is content yeah. produced with a story rather than you know. There's no content being produced when you're with your friends in a bar. You know what gave me the ick this year with influencers is when they when a video starts with "Run, don't walk to grab this thing." Like I hate uh. it. It's like, girl, if you want to be a salesperson, do that, but don't be like. And and it's such a fake. I, I think I've noticed this year is you know the TikTok tone of voice, mm-hmm. guys. Oh, yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. Oh, like you know the over exaggerated yes. expressions, and it's ultimately to push a product. Yes. But even people who aren't influencers are starting to do yeah. that. And I'm like, are we not conscious about the way we talk anymore to promote a yeah. product? You know, an interesting insight about it is I've I've read the I haven't read the study, but there was this article. In uh, explaining how the most persuasive people talk, and it's a oh. thing that you learn. I think I don't say I don't claim that all debate students yeah. are like this, but it's something that people who have went to debate yeah. clubs kind of also learn. Is the tonality, the, the, the tone, way. and the power of persuasion. Oh, wow. So when you talk in a definitive, it sounds more convincing. Yeah. I know that yeah. in Austria it's not like this, yeah. or I have been to. Uh, Spain many times. Therefore, I know that, and it's this. more convincing. I it's think... more convincing, and I think that's why content now is also being pushed a certain way. Like you would not believe what I saw today. Exactly. Right. I I'm glad you raised that up because how many of us, when we come across this content, question that? Mm-hmm. And I hope our listeners now realize. We hope we give them that yes. kind of light bulb moment. You that, know, wait, something's being pushed. I'm being sold something. I want to see right through that bullshit. I like this uh, discussion because on that note, what I recall and maybe what I found a pet peeve lately also is in the Philippines the idea of budol. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, budol. It's, it's like the fact that it has been so normalized in that every sale that e-commerce and even um, in-store outlets have. Mm-hmm. Uh, denote the idea of budol because for me it's like okay so you know that uh, to people who don't know what budol is can you kind of boodle help us explain is... no I, i've been trying to think over mm-hmm. the last few seconds uh budol is um you weren't supposed to get it but you still got it yeah actually budol means to have stolen right yeah. like you got you got pickpocketed yeah. or stolen yeah. it's a it's a petty but it's theft. also moved into shopping that, yeah that shopping idea where i wasn't meant to buy it this it was not on the budget but it convinced something convinced me therefore i bought it yeah and the fact that it's been so normalized in conversation back home also like oh guys look at my e-commerce budols yeah to me is like Wait, why do we have that? When also, I think people are aware mm-hmm. that you know they shouldn't have, or that maybe this thing is of lesser quality. Because mm-hmm. I've also seen people discriminate with that. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'll tell you that these 
uh, lists I have of things to buy at the e-cover store is better than the yeah. other one. Yeah. So it's I I don't think it's gonna go away next year. I think it's gonna go further. I guess the lesson here, even. the lesson here is not necessarily spend less, but spend better. Yeah. Because again, we're in the age of information, and now I'm gonna bring up a next thing about 2023. Is obviously hyper, chat GPT hyper information. Oh my god! Like I, how do I navigate this internet age now, wherein you it's so hard discerning are things fake, are things real, are my critical skills and you know enough critical thinking skills enough to navigate what's being churned out at such a rapid pace. Yeah. I mean, you have done for for Patchy your your pet. You did the generative, generative AI. Like what what was that? Um it was I think on Microsoft Bing. Mm-hmm. I don't recall anymore the software, but it was literally typing a prompt and uh it would give you an image similar yeah. to Midjourney. And yeah, there were cute Disney-esque photos of Patchy. That's funny because I won't flesh it out, but there's actually, I think, an ongoing lawsuit (laughs) because Disney was pissed that there were so many, you know... They copied the style. Yeah, they copied the style. Uh, They copied the style, right? But I think in my industry also, um, generative AI has been talked about and I've been able to explore and play around uh, with a tool yeah what's crazy to me is that younger children really because when we were younger and we had homework generally you w- especially if it's if it's a specific problem you won't be able to find that out uh, via the internet for example you have a specific word problem in math yeah. That says Nathania and our other friends and you can't find that problem anywhere you can't solve it. I think with generative AI now, the kids can they feed can, it and definitely. the answer will be told to them. Yeah. And the problem is it's not always correct. So, yeah. for example, me being on the educator side of things, I, I haven't been teaching the past year, but um, universities are putting out different guidelines about how to catch it's, it's, cheating. It's actually interesting, right? Because different uh, schools and universities have different stances towards yeah. it. And I think even corporations where where some would say, no, this is a tool for us, let's use it. Yeah. Our workers are more productive, our students are better. There's also that other side where our students are just prompting things yeah. and turning it off. I, I mean, I have a distinct set of colleagues, one being who are like, like pro no, and like, exactly, no chat GPT, no AI in, in my class versus there's the other that's use it it's even part of like their essay or something Mm -hmm. prompt this and then react to it so it's again i mean okay i'm going to admit now in the past year maybe i'm a bit of a luddite or like Mm -hmm. i've never used because chat gpt this year i've never done anything generative ai i haven't even made an account and i i don't know i'm just like so averse to it no and we we've had this discussion between us also in the past that you're not necessarily the quickest adopter of technology it's just not something of a priority to you um whereas for example with me even though i'm not an early adopter it does you get excited i get excited about it maybe it's the meet the robinsons um idea in my head where oh wow there's a new invention but then of course when you're uh given further context about the actors in these um seemingly life-changing advancements, then you start to kind of become wary. So I can understand that as well. On on my side, so there is the excitement, the innovation. On my side, I feel like if I made ChatGPT write words for me, 
the words end up feeling cheap mm-hmm. because it didn't go through a process of like I don't know a cognitive process of the human being so, involved. So question: What yeah. about for ideation? Because a lot of people have used it as yeah. a tool for ideation, um, and in the moments that I use it, also. It's never really the only thing yeah. that... So, you know, I, I try to prompt something. It provides me an answer. It helps me contextualize and I can develop yeah. further. How do you feel about that? Like, is that something <laughs> no, you're open to? No, as well. Like, that's the thing. For me, I'm so worried that if I start relying on, it, and, on, a, tool. I think, on a tool, I think this is sounding making me sound ridiculous, but I'm so afraid that if I start outsourcing my creativity to an external thing, that I stop learning how to draw inspiration from my, my environment, own my own thoughts, my own experiences. That, I don't know, this again, this is why I'm so averse to it. It's because mm-hmm. what if I don't know how to write an essay anymore? Mm-hmm. What if I don't know where to get an original idea anymore? I mean, of course, nothing is ever truly original. Yeah. But I think it speaks to maybe, I don't know, authenticity. Yeah. Like a, a question on authenticity. Yes. What's real today? Yeah, because there's also this... Uh, idea now that yeah exactly what is real today yeah we've seen a lot of generative ai images uh videos and even news articles yeah. even or uh, news organizations have written or prompted yeah. um these tools to use it so do you believe that there th- that this is truly the end of the end of the useful internet what are your thoughts oh, on this matter? no i i've seen a bit of d- discourse on that because for example people are saying now that if you search up i don't know for example the mona lisa or a famous painting what ends up in the search results now i think at least for google is that it's the Sometimes ai generated AI, ones yeah. yeah so it's being flooded the internet is being flooded of that kind of content it's harder now to know if you're asking a real human being. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this goes back to how we search for information. Because, for example, for me, sometimes I've, I've started using TikTok or Instagram as a search engine. Yeah, and but, people, that's that's a trend that has um, continued to today. Yeah. Is that uh, TikTok has served as search engine for the people who are on the platform. And that's why all the companies now are scrambling to do the same thing. Yeah, because for example, if I want to search how to clean my house, what yes. cleaning products not to mix, it's more fun for me to watch a 15-second mm-hmm. clip rather than seeing an article that an I An SEO-optimized exactly. article. Or, for example, you know, even Google Maps is being threatened by TikTok mm. because why would I have to look at a static yeah. um, user interface telling me images reviews when... No, I can and, see it from an entertaining point of view. And also, because Google has control. It's one figure. It's one authority. Of the search engine. People were saying that some establishments or some streets don't show up until it's actually paid for. So we Ooh. take for granted, yeah, we take for granted what shows immediately on, on the, the maps. Map. Yeah, because... I think the idea... I think what has been successful with the story of Google Map and Google Earth is that it has felt like a service. Mm-hmm to so many people all mm. over the world, right? To be able to map something of that scale yeah. uh, online has, felt like, and sometimes still feels like a public service. I, that's the first time I'm hearing that, actually. Yeah. And that's a little bit scary to know that, wow, so even that um, visibility now comes at a price. Yeah. Okay, so we've been talking all about these future things. You know, tech is moving so fast. Honestly, are you scared? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so scared of what, these what things. What I'm nervous about, especially because my my new job now 
requires me to be aware of developments in technology, mm -hmm. uh, in IT and IT security. Um, and something that scholars have been trying to warn us for quite some time also mm -hmm. is, why did we outsource technology to the private sector? Yeah, that's true. Um, of, of course, there are many... Um, sides to that where some people believe that the know, benefits of speed yeah, and scale and the benefits of speed and scale and the benefit also of uh, because some people have experienced public enterprises that did not work in their favor yeah right but what scares me a little bit is that idea because it's true yeah um in the age of generative ai which will not stop until next year because the possibilities are limitless my fear is how are we supposed to deal with the idea that these big companies private interests are in control of this i'm so glad you bring up the role of the big private companies because for me whenever people say about this technology they're so afraid oh my god it's gonna be human it's gonna kill like you know soon an algorithm is gonna kill someone but for me when i say i am afraid of it i'm afraid of in whose hands it yes. is and who designed it, exactly. right? It's the same, again, the white man in power, who the wealthy person who has capital, and ultimately it was designed towards that interest and those biases mm -hmm. as well. Like we can talk about racial injustice when it comes to algorithm recognition, right? I think when it comes to that fear of, the te of technology and futures, because we know who wields it. Yes. And we're seeing, for example, now with drone warfare technology, you know, um, it being used counter counter um, surveillance measures to identify people protesting again it's not about how advanced the technology is it's about what is it being used for yes. and if we're not able to slow down and think who controls the technology for what serve what purposes does it serve we're cooked yeah <laughs> we're and, cooked. and on that note i think i would place technology as naughty for 2023 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's, let's do that now, like a naughty, like a naughty nice. Like yeah. naughty and nice. So I, I think, yeah, that was, that, that's quite naughty. Um, there have people... When you say naughty technology, I'm thinking of other things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, on that note, I think, okay, have you been, um, 2023, have you been naughty or nice overall? What do you think? What's your assessment for yourself? I think I've been quietly naughty okay i don't think i've been naughty towards others yeah but you know i the spirit of naughtiness just <laughs> just what? manifested itself in 2023 i don't think i was so uh nice yeah okay. unfortunately for me i think 2023 it's the opposite i think i played it nice, nice i year. played it really nice this year in the best way possible I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, um, that you, you didn't have fun, the, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think when I say I did nice, like I was nice, I think this year I matured a lot. Like mm -hmm. I did a lot of difficult things that were necessary. I did, like, for example, I ate my veggies this year. Like I yeah. started exercising a bit more. I, again, the playing by the rules, you know, being nice to myself and to mm -hmm. other people. I think, yeah, I, I think I was nice this year so what is a uh, moving forward what is a resolution that you've been thinking about oh yeah first of all do i even do new year no yeah, i'm trying to think i don't do it I'm... also i'm not the type of person to i mean 
it's I always have this period uh, towards the end of the year where there's a Reflective. small reflection of there's the essay writing contest. <laughs> I, I don't think I part I don't I've stopped participating in that, yeah. but I think that occurs in my head. The the essay writing like contest. Yeah, exactly. You audit twenty twenty three. And for me it tends to happen because my birthday's in January. I tend to have that happening at the same time that I reassess how the year has been. Um, New Year's, oh my God, for next year, I think I want, I, I really do believe in less screen time. Mm-hmm. I honestly want to control that. That's something that, that you've been trying. Been <laughs> yeah. No, no, not saying, but you've been, I've been trying, been yeah, trying this year, to do it. Yeah. but failing, honestly, it's so bad. I mean, again, the talk of AI and technology and the grasp it has mm-hmm. over our lives, I'm losing that battle. Yeah. I think um, similarly as well with me, maybe something that I want to take from next year is to also uh, really push for more valuable content as well that I consume. And I think that relates to screen time as well. And, you know, the context of just having so much information at our fingertips is... Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wonder if, you know, I really need to watch that much YouTube videos. Yeah. And and to be (laughs) a lot more, yeah, discerning about what I consume because sometimes they're not even backed by anything. They're just played colorfully with transitions and you know best practices from what an effective video should be yeah yeah hmm. for me aside from the screen time or do you have anything else well a little bit about fitness but everybody says it's like a cop-out answer because everybody th- you know there's always this joke that in january the gyms are yeah. full yeah um but i i think Maybe just to put it on record for accountability. Yeah, actually, we should. We should. I think that's something that I should look out for more. And I, I think the problem with that, and maybe we can dive deeper eventually in a future episode, is our relationship with our bodies and our relationship with our weight. Because I'm. Uh, unfortunately, our world was built for us to, you know, adjust our happiness and satisfaction to how we want our bodies to look like Mm -hmm. and i yeah maybe i want to i want to take care of myself more next year Mm -hmm. like maybe eat more veggies or at least eat less chocolates and whatnot yeah that i think that's why i was naughty i felt like i just kept (laughs) eating snacks (laughs) this year and nat and i we like you and i have this joke we we always talk about snacks and even every even in my own household right now there is a snack it's so funny that you're here now in in my flat and there are snacks and there are snacks I don't have this many, like this much snacks when you're when not you're, around. Like I yeah, prepare when you're this, alone, you're. I've avoided. Like I really have sort of cut out potato chips so yeah. much this year. Yeah, I was really naughty with the <laughs> snacks. Nice for the companies, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. are you thinking of doing anything? Uh, well, I know you're taking dance classes now, so yeah, that's I think a step I, towards. I think exactly. So this year was like. Because I think when you get out of fitness and coming back into it, you get so nervous about starting yeah. again. You feel like such a loser. You you're, you see your classmates yeah. doing so much better than you. But again, you have to push yourself to be able to be uh, be willing to look foolish. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to develop that as well. Because as you said, you're taking dance classes. And I think a big hindrance to other people from trying hobbies or trying to explore new things is they don't want to look like a fool yeah so but how how was that experience like for me it 
it's just fun. Honestly, are I you think, not conscious or no, were you conscious? So I'm surprised at how the lack of consciousness. Like I really don't give a shit. Like honestly, now and it's so funny because in this dance class of mine, we have sometimes like confidence cl- lessons. Mm-hmm. Wow! Like the teacher That's will say good. exactly. The teacher will say, "Look sexy in the mirror" and something, and like, and then in my mind, oh, I do this at home. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I guess we're seeing more of that in 2024. Yeah, like I am stepping it up. I am not ashamed to do these things because y- we only know, have one life to live, and it's fun. Who gives a shit? At the end of the day, it's fun. You sweat a little. You have friends, mm-hmm. and you realize how much judgment you've placed yourself on the last decade of your life. Like for me, the tw- my twenties were like I was the worst critic of myself, yeah. and now that I'm a little bit, you know, a little more loose about things. It's so much fun, and I think that's what I want to carry into 2024. Is just this is this one life we have to live and take yourself taking yourself less seriously. Exactly, it's because we. I think everybody deserves it, and you know, it's a reprieve from uh, 2023, the year that uh, you know, the year that was, yeah. which was tough for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I guess we can just wrap up now. What What are we wishing our Our um our listeners now, especially as you know, it's holiday season. Um, especially in the Philippines, Christmas is such a big thing. New Year's as well, being with your family. I guess for our listeners, I hope you guys are having a good time. Yeah, and uh, to you know, simply carry on. Uh, I guess, and maybe to take moments uh, to yourself mm-hmm. because I I think in adult life that's something difficult to do. Really, especially yeah, because we have to work. A yeah. big chunk of our lives uh, has to do with work. So it would be nice for them to give back to themselves yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's what we want to say at this point is, guys, remember to take care of yourselves. I think when you realize the cost of neglecting yourself, either your health, your mm-hmm. confidence, your happiness. You Even can't put a price on those. Yeah, exploring your interests and hobbies. Exactly. Yeah. So if there's one thing from today's episode, it's, you know, you, we, whether you've had a tough year or a fun year, take care of yourself. Thanks for tuning in to the NR Experience. Let us know what you think on our Instagram account at nr.experience. This has been Nathaniel Regis and we'll see you next time.